Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Sister Wives with Mary Jane Kay. Today, I'll be breaking down Sister Wives Season 16, Episode 3, Not Social, But Very Distant. The episode opens with all the wives and Cody meeting at Mary's house to discuss the lots on Coyote Pass. Mary says this conversation on how to divide the property is a long time coming. Christine would love to move back to Utah. She would love to sell the property and buy houses in Utah instead. As we know, Christine did leave Cody and she did move back to Utah. Robin says they have weird things happening in the family right now with the family culture because of the C word. And it frightens her and it stresses her out. Cody is in a dark place and Robin hopes they can just figure this damn thing out. Christine is going to move forward with her mouth and her mind, but her heart isn't there yet. Christine even brought a map to the meeting to make things easier, even though her heart's not in it. Janelle brought the safe conversation rules from last season as well. Cody says there has always been a struggle in determining where everybody will go on the property. From the beginning, he says Janelle wanted the same spot and Christine chose a similar spot just a little bit further back. Robin doesn't want to be near the drainage ditch everyone refers to as a pond. Mary wanted to be close to Robin. Cody says it's a goat rodeo of extreme proportions and he just wants his wives to be happy. Janelle tells the group she has pondered the question of how important it is to them to have property that they can divide off for kids, for inheritance purposes and things like that. Robin thinks for each wife and her children, That land that they own, that piece, is the wife's inheritance for the kids. Robin says she knows they're a family and they work together and blah, 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 she says. But that really just keeps things very cut and dry. And that's how Robin likes it, that every wife will have their piece of land and that's what they give to their kids. In confessional, Robin says inheritance could get really super sticky and hard since the Brown family has a lot of kids. Robin is also the legal wife and her kids, by the way, Cody is on their birth certificate since he adopted them. So I'm sure Robin is concerned that God forbid, should Cody pass away, things are going to get really sticky between all of his kids and his wives. So of course, it's in Robin's best interest to keep this very cut and dry. Janelle says when they all came together in the very beginning, she believed everything was in common. That's how the Browns did things. That's how they did their finances. Everyone shared the common pot. They did things that way, and the last few years, there have been a lot of voices brought forward saying that there is nothing that legally binds them together. So God forbid, what happens if one of them dies? Janelle says it's 
been a huge change in culture and she doesn't know how she feels about it. It makes her feel more separate, she says. I wonder if Robin's voice is the one wanting the finances separate along with Cody. In the beginning, Robin said she wanted to be a part of the team. She was all about the family. But here when Robin explained her stance that she knows they are a family, they work together, and she said, and blah, 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 dismissively, it seems to me Robin doesn't actually believe that or want that with the blah, blah, blah. She knows the one family we all work together vibe is BS. She is suggesting clearly each wife's land is the wife's inheritance to her kids. Like, don't expect too much, basically. I think Robin and Cody want the finances separate and they want everything ironed out and they are now using the guise of in case we die because maybe Cody knows he is pushing for monogamy with Robin and he wants to drive his wives out so he wants to set up the finances so it's not a clusterfuck financially if a wife were to leave. Cody said last tell-all, he can't leave his wives, but they can leave him. And I believe, in my opinion, Cody is doing all he can to make that possible. When Cody suggests his family is an obstacle to his goals in life, it seems to me his goal in life is to unburden himself of his obstacles to live monogamously with his soulmate. Cody isn't all in with the team, and neither is Robin. From the start, Cody and Robin have worked to try and manage the other relationships through manipulation. Robin tried guiding Cody. She wanted to be the emotionally sensitive one everyone went to with their issues, the empath, the emotionally intelligent, sensitive person in the family, probably so she could have the 411 and help Cody manage everything. Once it wasn't going to work and the wives wouldn't just fall in line and keep sweet, I think Cody decided he was done. I don't know if Cody pushing his wives out, if they actually all leave other than Robin, If that puts Cody in a bind, if he's still spiritually invested in his faith, wanting to have the number of wives he needs for his own planet in heaven, if that would create a problem, or if Cody has mentally freed himself from that delusion of wanting his own planet and the faith. But it seems to me he would prefer monogamy or to somehow find wives who will shut up and keep sweet. Maybe even allowing Robin to lead them as the HBIC. Think about it. Robin said that she wanted to rebuild with Mary and Mary had to just hang on. Maybe in some way Robin wants to try and rebuild. If Robin, with her legal status as Cody's wife, and Mary, who was Cody's first wife, who gave up her legal status for Robin, started picking wives. I don't think the church would approve, but technically they could rebuild and Robin could have her dream of leading the family as the 
B-I-C. Again, of course, I doubt the church would sanction it, though. I think next season we will see Cody blame the lifestyle and paint himself as the victim of polygamy because the only person left to blame is himself. And he's backed into a corner, so the only way to try and flip the narrative is for Cody to play a victim of his lifestyle. That's what I think Cody will do. In my opinion, by the way, there are plenty of men who suffer based on this lifestyle, like the Lost Boys or men who were indoctrinated into this faith from a young age who didn't want this lifestyle, who felt they had no choice but to do this or face hell or worse, to lose the only community you've ever known and the only family you've ever known and all you have ever known to be shunned. So those men who are trapped in this, I feel for. But those men aren't Cody. And Cody shouldn't get to spin this and use the struggle of those men as his own. Cody chose this lifestyle willingly. And he cannot use other men's suffering. Men who had no choice in their indoctrination, who felt forced to live polygamy as a way to make himself a victim of polygamy as well to garner sympathy. That's not happening. Cody can try, TLC can try to sell that, but no one is going to buy that in my opinion. And I have a feeling that's what Cody is going to try to do. Anyways, back to the show. Mary says, the idea of them having a piece of property is a good idea and each wife owning their own piece of property. Christine thinks it's something she has never thought about because they never really put down roots to pass on an inheritance. They never stay one place. They don't put down roots like that, so she's never thought of it. The wives start discussing what they want. There's even a whiteboard with markers to hash everything out. Janelle takes the lead. She knows she wants space for greenhouses. Janelle insists she needs lots four or five because there are no trees. Also, coincidentally, those lots happen to be twice the size of the other three lots with trees that Cody claims have equal value because they have trees as if that makes them an equal value to a lot twice the size. I don't buy that completely. They would have to cut down a lot of trees, and even if they sell the lumber, I doubt a lot with half the acreage will equal to the same value as a lot double its size. Janelle insists she intends to have greenhouses And trees are bad because trees provide shade and you don't need shade if you have greenhouses. Mary says if Janelle can do the gardening and feed her, she is on board with the greenhouses. Janelle jokes here. She says she's going to grow out her hair all gray and she's going to wear a tie-dye skirt and she's just going to be this hippie chick with her greenhouses. I fucking love it. I hope so says she will be the witch woman once all the kids are gone. 
I really wonder what she's growing in those grow houses. <laughs> no, just kidding. Mary says, everybody needs a sister wife who can provide food for her. The wives suggest Robin goes next and Robin declines. First, she wants to hear what everyone else has to say. That's what she says. Of course, so Robin can calculate in her mind and figure out how to manipulate the situation to her advantage. That's to Robin's advantage strategically, in my opinion. Mary says nobody wants to talk because they aren't trusting each other with their feelings. Cody says he struggles to understand the abyss of women's minds. Women aren't that complicated. Cody is just delayed emotionally. He has no self-awareness or emotional intelligence whatsoever, and he feels entitled to get an ego feast everywhere he goes. He can't even handle the slightest criticism. He doesn't understand basic communication. He he's perceives everything very flat. I don't think he understands things in depth. Because Cody is dumb, in my opinion, he dismisses it as women being too complicated and irrational to understand. But Cody is a nut who only likes convenience. He's emotionally lazy. He only loves conditionally. And he only has the ability to think from his own perspective. He can't ever understand anyone else's perspective or what anyone outside of himself truly goes through. And newsflash, it's not just with women or his wives. Cody also can't understand anyone else's emotions, men or women. He doesn't understand the emotions of his kids or adult kids either. Like, for example, Cody had no real understanding of Gabe's emotions when Gabe spoke to him on Coyote Pass, wanting a better relationship with his dad. Cody can only understand himself and barely and no one else. And it's not just with women, it's everyone. If Cody understood people and their emotions and thought processes, he would definitely not keep asserting he's an alpha male because he'd understand if you have to label yourself that way, people will think you are the opposite of that because a true alpha male doesn't label themselves and announce it. Cody doesn't understand much, and I'm not a shrink. I don't know if he has any issues or what those might be, um, but he isn't developed to where he should be emotionally as a 50-plus-year-old older man, and he doesn't seem self-aware just from what we see on TV. And I will say what we see on TV is highly produced and highly edited, so of course that's just my opinion and I could be wrong. His college-age sons have already eclipsed Cody. So in my opinion, it's apparent there's something going on with Cody in that area and others. Robin is next. Christine asks what Robin wants, and Robin has her arms crossed. She seems tense. She seems closed off. Robin expresses it's more of what she doesn't want. Robin doesn't want trees or to be near the pond. 
Cody explains he has two wives who are happy with their lots, Janelle and Robin conveniently, the wives who get twice the acres and the wives he gets along with the most. Not that Cody gets along great with Janelle all the time, but he prefers Janelle over Christine or Mary, of course. I don't think it's any coincidence Cody gave those wives the bigger lots. He probably realizes they are less likely to leave, and they're also on the inside of the property. So if they were a flight risk and they wanted to sell outside the family, that would be a nightmare for the Browns. And Cody probably knows that. So Janelle and Robin get lots four and five, the four acre lots. Christine explains Robin and Janelle get the bigger lots. She says trees are an asset in Flagstaff. The trees make the property value much higher. She says to have a big lot with no trees or a smaller lot with trees, they both have the same value. I don't buy that completely. Besides, if the trees give the property value, they are going to have to cut down a lot of the trees to be able to build. So that would technically remove that benefit if that's the case. Mary goes next in the group discussion. Mary wants light. She wants trees. She wants a small house. And Mary is perfectly fine with taking lot two. Christine is not fine with the new configuration. She says, it seems like it's very small. She doesn't like it. Christine jokes, she doesn't want to be that close to Mary if she takes lot three. Mary jokes that she has known Christine for a lot of years and Christine doesn't want to be that close to her. Cody says, Christine's lot is plenty big enough that she doesn't have to have her house right next to Mary. Mary asks Christine if she likes that spot, lot number three. And Christine says, lot number three is great. She will take lot three. She probably just wants to get done. And she knows she won't be living there anyways, in my opinion. Christine says the most important thing to her is the view. She had to let go of the view she wanted of the mountain or having any view at all. Christine loved the hill. She had to let go of it. She says she likes the trees more than the hill, very hesitantly, as if she's convincing herself. Robin asks, really? Janelle asks if Christine is just trying to convince herself of that. And Christine says she is trying to convince herself because she wants to be a team player. Janelle says in confessional that Christine has talked from the very beginning about building a house on the hill and having a view of the mountain and the valley, and that would be lot four. But Janelle reveals lot four works ideally for her with the greenhouses. So there's a huge conflict. If it made Christine feel she mattered and like she had a voice, to some degree in this situation for her to have lot four. After all, she sacrificed for the family, particularly to raise Janelle's kids with her own, as if they are her own kids. Why the fuck can't Janelle sacrifice having to walk a little bit further to get to her greenhouses? 
Is that small inconvenience not worth sacrificing to give back to Christine after all she's done? This all feels very selfish in my opinion. Of course, it could all really be up to Cody and maybe Janelle can't really argue with him. I don't know. But in my opinion, Janelle could have agreed to still have her greenhouses, just not as close to her own house. So she may have had to walk just a little bit further. So what if Christine gets to feel like she is heard and like she matters in the family and that people care for her in the family? You know what? In my opinion, Christine is the heart of the family and raising the kids is more important and valuable, in my opinion, than any of the other contributions that Cody or any of the other wives have made to the larger family and to the group as a whole. Raising your kids plus someone else's kids all of the time, caregiving, doing homeschool, doing homework, feeding, cooking, getting groceries, doing all the housework and the chores, doing the meals, keeping the house running. All of that is much more difficult, demanding work that requires much more effort than just going to a scheduled job and getting a paycheck, in my opinion. In addition, look at how all the original brown kids turned out and it's largely due to Christine and obviously they all turned out beautifully, wonderfully, emotionally intelligent, intellectually intelligent, responsible, reliable, mature, self-aware adults who have all built their own independent lives and that is largely due to Christine in my opinion and Christine sacrificed. She shoved down her individuality she sacrificed her own wants and needs, even basic needs, in order to do her job. And she did it exceeding everyone's expectations, in my opinion. She sacrificed herself to do that job of raising those kids. And would it kill Janelle to sacrifice for Christine? All it would be is walking a little bit farther to the greenhouses. They would just be a little bit further away. Why can't Janelle do that for Christine? Christine sacrificed a lot of her life and many years, and she lost a lot of herself to make the sacrifice to raise all the kids and care for the home for years. Can Janelle really not walk to her greenhouses? To me, allowing Christine to at least feel her home could be where she wanted is worth a lot more than Janelle being inconvenienced by a short walk to her greenhouses. If I was Christine, I would feel so let down. That small sacrifice from Janelle that she could perhaps walk a little bit further to get to her greenhouses so that Christine could have that small thing would have made Christine feel very valued and appreciated in the family for her sacrifice. But no one seemed prepared to inconvenience themselves for Christine, in my opinion. How much did it inconvenience and overwhelm and stress Christine to deprive herself of what she needed and wanted and of what she deserved in order to raise those kids? 
She sacrificed herself. She sacrificed her own identity to do that, to give that. She gave all of herself. And Janelle can't walk a few more feet to her greenhouses and slightly inconvenience herself so Christine can have her home where she liked. That says a lot to me. Now, I don't know. Also, I don't want to put the blame on Janelle for this because also we don't know how much say Cody has in this. Cody might be insisting that Janelle take that property and she wants it anyway. So that's how it's going to be. Maybe even if Janelle said, I don't mind, I'll walk to my greenhouses. Cody might say, no, no, you're not. Christine says she and Cody are struggling anyway, but she knows that Cody knew that she really liked that lot on the hill with the mountain view. Just to be told nonchalantly that the greenhouses were more important than where Christine planned to live and build her home is really hard. Of course, to Christine, after all she sacrificed for the family, this is a huge slap in the face from both Janelle and Cody. Janelle having to walk a little bit further to get to her greenhouses supersedes where Christine wants to build her home. And it probably makes Christine feel that she sacrificed so much of herself to help raise Janelle's kids as the primary caregiver for years. And now Janelle can be inconvenienced by walking a little bit further to get to the greenhouses. It's a small sacrifice in comparison to what Christine did, but Janelle can't seem to find it in her heart to do it. Does Janelle's laziness, does her convenience supersede Christine feeling she matters in the family and got to have her home where she wanted at least? That's the thing here. The Browns make a big show about being for the team over the self. But when it gets down to brass tacks, they mostly seem to put convenience first and selfishness first. And Cody doesn't do things equally. He is rewarding Janelle and prioritizing her greenhouses and her not having to walk so far over where Christine has always wanted to build her home because he isn't in a good place with her. And that's not right or fair especially after what he did to Christine regarding the Utah move. Cody's a dick. If you don't feed his ego and blow hot air constantly, he will punish you as a way to teach you, in my opinion. If the wives are supposed to be willing to sacrifice for the needs of the group or another sister wife, why isn't Janelle doing that for Christine? Why do greenhouses more than sacrificing for the woman who primarily raised your kids. It wouldn't even mean no greenhouses for Janelle just walking a little bit more to get to them. Is Janelle really that lazy? Is that too much of an inconvenience compared to what Christine did for the family? Or is it Cody forbidding it? We don't know. Janelle says in confessional, she can deal with the greenhouses wherever if Christine wants lot four. Janelle says this should not be emotional trauma. Janelle is saying this in confessional, but if she really would be willing to sacrifice for Christine for real, why didn't she mention this during the group meeting? Christine gets the map. She brought the map specifically 
and she pencils in where every wife wants to go. Robin's optimal lot is lot five. It's her first choice, and it's no surprise. Robin gets what Robin wants. Mary jokes, she wants lot four and a half. Everyone is laughing, trying to take advantage of a lighthearted moment and enjoy it. And Cody has a look on his face like he hasn't shit in months. He's angry. He's frowning. His cheeks are red. His arms are crossed. He's like the old curmudgeon. He has his receding hairline on full display. He looks disgusting inside and out. He is pissed and his eyes look angry, just filled with rage. His eyes look like he's a demon as his wives are just trying to joke and get through this hell. Cody whines that this is not a joke to him. In confessional, Cody says, everybody thinks that this is funny. But Cody doesn't think that this is funny anymore. Guess what? No one gives a fuck what Cody thinks or how Cody feels. When Cody learns to give a fuck about others, maybe then people will care about him. But all of his petulant anger and whining and this isn't funny anymore bullshit only makes him look more unhinged and more unhappy and more unwell in my opinion. Mary prefers lot number two. Christine is great with lot three. Cody frustratedly recounts in confessional that Mary is okay with lot two and Christine is okay with lot three. So now they need to just seal this deal and have it set in stone. Cody never wants to have this conversation again. Cody confirms if Robin is good with lot five and Robin says... If everybody's okay with it, Cody checks that Janelle is good with lot four. He checks that Mary is good with lot two and that Christine is good with lot three. Christine asks Cody if he is good with lot one and Cody complains. It's last pick. It's okay. What a whiny little bitch. Cody knows he intentionally picked lot number one to take the pawn so there weren't any issues in the family over access. And here he complains, it's last pick, it's all right. This man doesn't even need a fifth house. He took that lot to avoid drama with the wives so no one gets the drainage ditch they call a pond. And now he's whining that, oh, it's last pick. Robin tells Cody the lot that is his is actually the family's. In confessional, Cody says this is not an asset he would ever be able to sell. He says he can't sell his lot because the family wants access to the drainage ditch. Cody says bitterly in confessional that all his wives have an asset that the day they decide they don't want to be a part of this family, They can be out with their money. And Cody complains he doesn't have that. He says the wives can have their freedom. And on the contrary, he doesn't have that option. Cody's PMS is really flaring up big time. Let's get the man some Midol. Wow. Back at the group meeting, Cody says if everybody is happy... That will be the final configuration and all the wives are excited that they picked their lots. Even Christine 
fans' excitement that the lots are final and picked. Robin is shouting excitedly in confessional, Oh, this is so great. This is so good. Janelle wants everyone to realize that this is a huge milestone. Cody is angry. He has no emotion but rage. As the wives cheer, Cody is all business. He wants to go call the surveyor, Mike, now. Christine suggests that Cody waits so they can all do a group prayer. Robin says she believes this because Mary is laughing and joking and playing and Christine is using words like amazing and exciting and great and she's smiling. And Robin says, it looks like everybody is good and everybody is really good with what they've chosen and everyone is happy. Robin is smoking the good stuff if she believes everyone is happy. Did she not hear Christine say she has to convince herself because she is trying to be a team player? Christine is playing pretend. She's feigning enthusiasm just to get done with this because she knows it won't matter if she argues or not. And she is just done with this whole situation. But Robin, the emotionally intelligent one, doesn't seem to pick up on it. Cody leads the group in prayer. He says, we are so grateful for your many blessings and for this meeting that we have been able to come to these understandings. Christine says she doesn't want to move onto the property. She wants to move back to Utah. She says she and Cody are struggling now more than ever before. And the thought of living here on the property with everybody else and seeing Cody in full functioning marriages, she asks, do I want that? She answers herself. She says no. The best that she can give today is just to pretend. Cody says he's constantly concerned that his wives have got their fingers crossed behind their backs. He's happy to have everybody finally decided, but there's always that card somebody wants to hold on to, and that card is, I didn't get exactly what I wanted, so you don't love me as much as I'm supposed to be loved. You're not being fair with me with your time. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. Our children and our problem children are your fault. Cody says, first of all, it's heartbreaking and it's psychically damaging for him as a husband who simply just wants a family that's happy, that's satisfied in their life, that is okay with the choices that they have made. Wow, wow, wow. Obviously, I have a lot to say. Cody is projecting big time and he wants to play victim. He wants to project that people blame him unfairly, that it's not his behavior. It isn't his fault. He wants to play the victim and say he's heartbroken, that his wives are the manipulative ones who use not getting what they want later as a way to manipulate him and his behavior. When Cody is the one who uses manipulative tactics to try and get his way all of the time. It's not his wives, at least not his original wives. I can't sit here and say Robin isn't manipulative. 
when a lot of her actions, on the show at least, say otherwise, just in my opinion. We've seen Robin's track record from day one. Even something as simple as trying to bond and connect with the sister wives was a manipulation. Remember the wedding dress shopping experience? With people like that, people who might be selfish or possibly ego-driven, they can't do anything organically. Everything has to be planned and contrived and plotted and conceived because they don't trust things to come about with time and effort. So they feel they have to strategize to get what they want. And what you see isn't always what you get. It depends if people like that need something from you, just in my opinion. Regardless, Cody wasn't referring to Robin. I think Cody, when he goes on that tirade, is primarily speaking of Christine here. Cody assumes his wives see him as someone to manipulate, to win against. He doesn't view his wives as his equals or his partners or his teammates. It's as though Cody perceives some of his wives as his enemies. And then he projects his manipulative way of doing things onto his wives as if they would manipulate him in the same way he tries to manipulate them. And if the wives aren't on his side, then Cody perceives it as if they are against him. And it's really fucked up. Cody knows he doesn't love his wives as much as he is supposed to. Why else would he say that? If anything, in my opinion, it's the opposite of love. There's a lot of resentment with the other wives. Other than Robin, of course. In my opinion, Cody views some of his other wives as his most hated chore or obligation. It's something he resents. It's something he loathes so blatantly. And he projects, he accuses his wives of imagining he doesn't love them as much as he should when he knows it's true. He accuses his wives of using his unfair behavior against him, saying they might accuse him later of giving them unequal time, when he obviously knows he does not give his wives equal time. He basically lives monogamy with Robin during the pandemic for 9 to 10 months per Gabe. And Cody did everything in his power to make that so with Robin, right there by his side, whispering in his ear, in my opinion. Those impossible COVID mandates he created were designed to be a justification as to why Cody no longer can give his wives equal time. And I think Cody and Robin did this by design. When Cody says he will be accused of not being fair to the kids or he will be blamed for the problem children in the family, it's because, let's be real, Cody is very unfair to his kids. He has a different set of standards for kids of the favorite wife than he does for the others. Cody said he was happy to help Robin's adult kids as much as possible. They were welcome to live at home as adults because they blindly obeyed Cody. But with Cody's other adult children, Janelle's sons, for example, who were 18 and up, 
Cody wanted them out, claiming they were 18. He did all he could for them just because they followed CDC guidelines and they were unwilling to follow Cody's extra rules of basically living under permanent quarantine at home. They weren't being lazy or lax about the pandemic. They had school to attend and they had jobs. They would have to give up their employment and their higher education to live as a hostage in their own home. Follow Cody's rules. Cody saw their unwillingness as disrespect and he wanted them out. He tried convincing Janelle, but Janelle wasn't having it. Cody also has a pattern I caught as early as season two of referring to his kids with a wife as just that wife's kids, never referring to those kids as our kids or my kids. They are just Christine's kids or Janelle's kids to Cody as if he's not their father. Cody wants to distance himself. He resents. But with Robin's kids, who aren't even all biologically his, Cody never seems to hesitate to refer to them as my kids or our kids. I don't know who Cody perceives as the problem kids, but in my opinion, all of the kids as adults seem to be doing really wonderfully. So I don't know what he's referring to, but I do know the kids notice the different treatment they get compared to Robin's kids. And any issues they have are probably because of the way Cody treats them and the distance and the emotional neglect and the lack of communication and all of the other toxic tactics Cody uses. These behaviors of Cody's create issues with the kids and between himself and his kids. It's not healthy for your kids. It is in fact abusive to allow the state of your relationship with a wife and your emotions during a rocky relationship with the mom to affect in any way the way you treat your kids or how present and invested you are, how attuned you are to your kids, to their needs, or how much you communicate with them. What Cody does is very fucked up. If a wife has an issue with the way Cody treats the kids or Cody's kids blame Cody, Cody isn't the victim. Cody brought all of this on himself with his behavior. He isn't a victim. His wives aren't being cruel or unfair. Cody is the effed up one who views everyone as an enemy or against him. If anything they say, think, or feel doesn't uphold his tender ego. Cody says, first of all, it's heartbreaking and it's psychically damaging for him as a husband who simply just wants a family that's happy, that's satisfied in their life, that is okay with the choices that they have made. Cody needs to be heartbroken only when he hits rock bottom will he be able to start to understand that he is the one to be held accountable and his abusive or unfair or cruel tactics and unhinged behavior have created this mess. Cody doesn't get to play the victim and project and deflect and blame his wives 
for calling out the truth. He's trying to accuse his wives of doing to him what he does to them. And then he wants to say he's the heartbroken victim. Cody needs to pull out his tampon, in my opinion. He really needs to suck it up and evaluate himself and be a father and a husband. It's interesting that Cody is saying it's psychically damaging to him as a husband. What Cody means is his ego is hurt. He's hurt. He's no longer the authority and he's no longer the most respected head of the family. And it makes him feel less than and incapable. It hurts his ego. It hurts his alpha male perception of himself. And Cody realizes He just wants a happy family, satisfied with their lives and with the choices they made. But Cody is talking about himself. Cody isn't satisfied with his own life. I think Cody hates his life. He probably hates himself and is very insecure. And he knows deep down he made the wrong choices. He behaved in the wrong ways. And he knows it's true that his behavior alone led the family to the state they're in now. But Cody wants to blame his wives as if they are against him, as if they are his enemies. He clearly views his wives as his enemies, as his opponents, as people against him. And he wants viewers to think his wives emasculate him and criticize him. And he is a victim who never does enough, who can never do the right thing, who can't please everyone because everyone is being unreasonable. Everyone is irrational and he is a victim in this. Cody knows he's unfair. He knows he made the wrong choices. He knows he isn't happy in the family. He isn't happy in his life and he wants to make it miserable for everyone else too. He claims it's his wives who are unhappy when he's the one who is miserable and he wants everyone to be miserable with him. He was so unhappy, he looked like a constipated demon seething with his rage as his wives had a lighthearted moment laughing and smiling at the meeting. Because joy to a miserable person is like a vampire being in the sunlight. I really can't stand Cody. Listening to him is like getting a root canal with no nitrous or anesthetic or getting a colonoscopy with no sedation. He looks annoying. His voice is annoying. He's like the angry old curmudgeon who sits out on his lawn all day, yelling at passing kids not to step on his grass, just seething with rage. No one feels bad for poor Kotex because he is being psychically damaged as a husband in his perception. IMO, that man needs to shut the F up and take his might all. What about the years of damage and struggles the wives had to deal with to live this way for him and to be married to him? Cody is no victim. No one cares. He needs to remember, after all, he signed up for this as he so lovingly reminds his wives and he needs to own his choices and take accountability just like he preaches and he expects his children to do instead of feeling sorry for himself. I guess it's do as I say, not as I do with Kotex. Almost the whole family is gathering over at Christine's house. 
Some members are going to attend via electronic devices to reveal the news about the property. But it's not really about the property. Christine has a surprise planned. Janelle explains this is the family's second time getting together in a short period of time compared to the rest of the year they spent apart. So Janelle is super happy to have another family gathering. Robin says Christine texted them and she said she wants to talk to everyone about the property and she wants to involve the kids too. Robin says, frankly, she doesn't think that's a great idea. Robin always has an opinion about everything. I've noticed even in times when it doesn't actually concern her or her kids. For example, like the conversation about the kids maybe attending a youth group of another faith. Robin's kids weren't in the older kids range who would even be attending the youth group. Yet Robin was somehow the loudest voice of opposition. Robin wants to be heard. And Robin is usually a negative Nancy about most things. And usually when she interferes, it creates more of a hoopla. For example, in the situation where Robin interjected herself in the youth group opinion, Maddie was told her whole life that she can be any religion she chooses, and then all of a sudden, Robin comes in saying, not until your brain is fully formed, and kind of antagonizing, and creating a situation where the Browns have taught their kids one way, and then she's coming in, with her way and trying to impose that on everyone when the original brown kids were raised a specific way. So it created a little bit of a conflict and I feel like Robin um, stirred up more emotions in the kids, particularly Maddie. Maddie seemed a little bit resentful of Robin when she made her comment that the about the frontal lobe not being fully formed and not till you're 18, you can't choose till you're 18, whatever it was Robin said about not choosing your faith and not being allowed to have religious freedom to choose your faith until you are 18 and the frontal lobe is fully formed. But of course, again, the Browns raised all of their kids to be able to choose to be whatever they want. So Robin coming in and saying this, I feel was a point of stress and contention for the kids because the kids were raised that they can choose. So it just creates more issues when Robin inserts herself, in my opinion. This time, Robin doesn't think it's a good idea to involve the kids because she says everyone talks over each other and they have a huge opinion. So Robin doesn't know about this, including the kids. She says, but it should be fun, very reluctantly. Christine gathers everyone and she has a huge blanket over a TV she has brought outside and she is super excited and she removes the blanket she reveals the tv and on screen are tony and mckelty cody says tony and mckelty got married four years ago and they live in saint george utah christine says tony and mckelty are a great couple they are still crazy they're full of fun they're exciting to be around they're a party and Christine loves to visit them.
Nell is all smiles in confessional. She says she has a feeling she knows what this is about. McKelty announces, of course, that she is pregnant with Tony holding up baby shoes to announce the news. Christine is super excited. This will be their third grandchild in the family. Christine says, maybe you would think because McKelty is her bio child, it would mean something different to her. But Christine explains that isn't so. She says Maddie, Janelle's biological daughter, has two grandkids and they are absolutely Christine's grandkids as well. And McKelty is just having another grandkid for the whole family. Janelle says as a mom in the plural family, her kids are her kids, even though all the kids in the family are all of their kids. But the grandkids are straight up the whole family's grandkids. Mary says it's fun and exciting. Robin was so excited when she found out that Maddie and Caleb pregnant the first and second time. And Robin feels just as excited with McKelty announcing her pregnancy. Robin wants so much to be a part of these kids' lives. Janelle is crying tears of joy when she finds out McKelty is pregnant. Janelle says she is just as excited about this grandbaby as she was for the others. Christine is super excited she's going to be an Oma again. And that's her term for grandma that she wants used within the family for herself. Aurora wants to know if the shoes are gender specific or not. The shoes are like a navy color. McKelty says they think it's going to be a girl. She feels it's a girl, but the shoes are unisex and they are the type of shoes that she and Tony wear a lot. Christine thinks her grandma name will just be Oma with all the grandkids in the family. Tony's mom will be Abuela. Of course, that's the word for grandma in Spanish. Christine will be Oma and she will see what the other grandmas in the family come up with and how they want to be referred to. Rodman reveals she came up with Bubby because she knows it's a Czechoslovakian name for grandma. Grand Bubby is what Robin prefers and it's perfect for her. The term Bubby reminds me of a hunched over desiccated hundred year old woman barely hanging on for dear life, all shriveled up and wrinkled, with a scarf on her head, hunched over with her cane, and that's perfect for Robin. She is the most matronly of all the wives, in my opinion, especially with matronly curls and the geriatric wear she has down pat. So Bubby is just perfect for Robin, in my opinion. Janelle says she is so boring, her grandma name is just grandma. I wouldn't say Janelle is boring. She's practical. She isn't into frills or bullshit. For Janelle, grandma is just fine. And that goes with her personality to just want to go with the classic grandma. Mary doesn't have an assigned grandma name. Maddie is on the phone and she wants to know if Tony and McKelty have thought about names yet. 
If it's a girl, the name will be Avalon Marie. So basically, they are naming their daughter, which they do have a daughter, after a cheap car. In my opinion, the name Avalon just sounds like a porn star name or a stripper name, just Avalon. Obviously, they had a girl. They named her Avalon, whatever, to each their own. If they had a boy, they would have named him Antonio something or other Padron. Everyone is super excited. It's a sweet moment. Cody wants everyone to give three cheers to celebrate. McKelty is due the end of March. Christine says all she needs to do is just hold the baby. She doesn't care if it's a boy or a girl or what the baby's name is. She just cares about spending time with the baby. Next, Christine meets Cody at Coyote Pass. Cody told Christine he wanted a chat on the property. So Christine doesn't exactly know what Cody wants. Cody is hoping he can convince Christine that being here in this spot on Coyote Pass in Flagstaff will be better than any place she could ever be in Utah. Maybe if Cody gave Christine the house where she wanted it, that would have been slightly more possible, even though I still think it's a very far leap at any rate. But it's super obvious Christine has one foot out the door. Cody stands on his truck bed and he tells Christine it could be like her deck. Christine says she and Cody have been struggling for a while. They want different things in their relationship. They each want a different kind of relationship. Cody apologizes for being late. Christine explains in confessional, she doesn't even really want to talk to Cody right now. Cody explains he wanted to meet with Christine, not because of the property or how it was divided or anything like that. It's not about that. Cody tells Christine the last time they talked about moving to Utah privately before the group discussion, he got really excited. He was giddy, he admits. In confessional, Christine says when she and Cody were talking about Utah privately with just the two of them, he was giddy. He was excited. But when they got onto the property and Christine brought the idea of moving to Utah up to the group. She thought she and Cody would be more like a team. She thought that Cody, her husband, would support her. She thought they were on the same page. Christine didn't expect that Cody would flip or she would feel betrayed. They flash back to a month ago to Christine telling the group she wants to move back to Utah. And Cody asking her in front of the group if she thought everybody else was going to feel the same way about moving back. Christine is about to cry and she is speechless. She just nods her head, yes. Christine says that was terrible. She felt so betrayed. Cody tells Christine he felt he was cutting her off too harshly at the last group meeting. He says he told her, no, that will never happen. We aren't moving back to Utah. And he was too stern about it. 
Cody tries to justify it by saying he was just trying to be stoic and he feels bad and he wants to say he's sorry. Christine thanks him and she looks absolutely gutted and she tells Kotex it was hard to hear. In confessional, Christine asks, what is that stupid word he's using? Stoic? Bullshit. He was an ass. Exactly. Cody acted like he was on the same page with Christine in private. And many times on the show, Cody has expressed a desire to move back to Utah. He even mentioned having political aspirations. He told Leo when Mary was opening the inn that he wanted to move back to Utah. Cody was enthusiastic. In private, he made Christine believe he would support this. He made Christine believe he was on her exact page. He was all in in private. And then he had Christine do the dirty work of mentioning it to the group. And rather than being a man and saying he wants to move too, he waited for Christine to pitch it alone to gauge his wife's reaction, in my opinion. And when he saw his other wives were ready to tar and feather Christine, he turned on her. He switched his tune because it would be inconvenient for him to support her and he's emotionally lazy. And Cody didn't want to take the wrath of his other wives. So instead, he chose to betray Christine in front of the group. He turned on Christine in the group and he betrayed her rather than facing his wives and admitting the truth. That's not what the head of the family material would do or that's not what leader material would do. That's not an alpha male's behavior. Cody was a chicken shit coward with no spine and he was an asshole. He preferred to turn on Christine and betray her like a lamb to the slaughter rather than standing for what he actually wants because in the moment it was more convenient for him to be a coward. Cody put himself first and what is most convenient for him in the moment rather than being honest and showing up for his wife, who he led to believe he supported and agreed with. To make matters worse, Cody tried to paint Christine as emotionally unhinged, going from happy to angry in seconds, saying he can't understand her extreme overreaction. It was irrational, blah, blah, blah. He said it to viewers and to his wives one-on-one when he tried to get final answers from them on Utah to make a show of Christine being heard and to make a show of the family functioning as a democracy. When Cody only later admits the truth that Christine reacted that way and it wasn't an irrational overreaction that he in fact wanted a move. He was giddy about it. He was enthusiastic about it, in fact. And then he backed out when his spine crumbled when he saw his wife's resistance. And Cody decided to avoid the shrapnel himself, even if it meant betraying Christine or attempting to paint her as unstable emotionally. 
Christine says, stoic, Cody wishes he was stoic. In my opinion, Cody is more emotional and unhinged than any of his wives have ever behaved with the way he behaves. His wives have never behaved as irrationally as Cody does. He's the least stoic of the bunch. If any one of them had to be described as stoic, if I had to give it to one of them, it would be Janelle in my opinion. The talk between Christine and Cody is awkward and silent. After Cody apologizes, Christine says in confessional, she doesn't want to be here. She doesn't want to talk to Cody. And she doesn't trust a word. She says she doesn't trust a word that's coming out of Cody's mouth. She doesn't believe Cody that he's sorry. Christine tells Cody, after an awkward silence, that she wants to hear what everybody had to say. Cody says that he wants to be careful about this. What he wants to be careful about is he doesn't want Christine to feel like her sister wives are against her. Who warned Cody that he should frame it that way. Remember Robin having that discussion with Cody and warning him not to frame it as your sister wives don't want to move? Of course, Cody obeys Robin. In confessional, Cody says he doesn't want to go through the whole process of saying Mary will go anywhere I choose to go. Janelle refuses to leave Flagstaff And Robin says, I would love to live in Utah, but it's impossible to ever feel like her children would be safe there. Cody tells Christine, he's talked to everybody about it and there's mixed emotions about it all together. Christine smiles, she says about moving as if she has some hope all of a sudden. And Cody says, He really would rather not tell Christine where everybody is at. He wants to just let Christine figure out where she is about it. See, Cody knows, Christine knows, Mary and Robin would be pissed, but of course they would never leave Cody if he forced the move on them. Janelle refuses to leave Flagstaff. And Janelle is the wife closest to Christine. They're like sisters. So if Christine knew Janelle refuses to move while Mary and Robin are willing to follow Cody anywhere, even if they don't want to go, then Christine might feel like everyone is kind of against her, especially Janelle, who she sacrificed everything for. It makes me rethink Janelle. I get her refusal to move. Maybe that's too tall an order. Of course, she's happy in Flagstaff. But it wasn't too much for Janelle to give Christine the sacrifice of just letting her put her house where she wanted and where she was initially told she could build her home. Just so Christine could feel like she mattered. And all Janelle would be sacrificing is maybe at most a 10-minute walk, if that, 
to her greenhouses that would be a little bit further away. But Janelle couldn't even do that. The whole thing is fucked. Christine, in confessional, asks, why is he going behind my back or whatever? Why is he going and having these conversations again? Christine thought Cody made himself perfectly clear that he wasn't going to move. But she says, of course, that was maybe just one part of him. She has no idea, she says. Christine knows, in my opinion, that Cody has no backbone and he blows according to the wind. And you never know which Cody you get. Christine says she doesn't know what part of Cody to believe. Christine tells Cody she would move to Utah in a heartbeat. And she asks if it's still on the table. In confessional, Cody is beyond frustrated. He explains, no, it's not on the table. He says the whole reason he's trying to talk to her this way is he didn't want to slam her again. Christine says in confessional, listen, this is a woman who hasn't heard us all say no. Cody in confessional frustratedly says, no, we're not moving to Utah, but I want to be subtle about it. And how do you do that? He asks when Christine is saying, is it still on the table? Cody says, not really. And he is a cynical little asshole with hemorrhoids in this confessional scene with his attitude. Christine tells Cody she doesn't know if she can ride this emotional roller coaster. She cannot write it. In confessional, Cody says, Christine is not very warm, and he chuckles cynically. I guess Christine has forgotten how to keep sweet, and that doesn't sit too well with Kotex. Cody says he can tell Christine is still bugged by this. He can tell? Wow, Cody is a regular Einstein. He can tell she's bugged? What an understatement. Cody tells Christine what he is trying to do here is see if she sees better reasons to stay than to go so she doesn't feel trapped by the rest of the family's decisions. In confessional, Christine asks, does he want me to say I am fine with living here and that I don't want to move back to Utah? He asks cameras in confessional, is that what he's saying? In confessional, Cody says he needs Christine to just go, listen, I get it. It doesn't work for us to move to Utah. Christine explains to Cody that she has a lot of family that lives in Utah, a ton. It feels like home for her in Utah, and they don't have a community here in Flagstaff. Cody tells Christine He doesn't know how to work this out. Christine says there are other reasons, too, why she doesn't want to live in Flagstaff that she doesn't want to discuss, but she has other reasons why she would rather go back to Utah. Christine doesn't want to go down that road right now and discuss those reasons. In confessional, Cody says, 
It feels like he is constantly dealing with a situation with Christine where he can't make her happy. He says she won't be happy with anything. That's not true. Cody could have given Christine a small thing to make her feel she matters. For example, like putting her house where she wanted it on the hill with the mountain view. And Janelle could still have her greenhouses and walk to them a little bit farther. But both Cody and Janelle refused to make that sacrifice of putting Janelle's walking distance and convenience ahead of something that was a small sacrifice they could have made that would have made Christine feel loved and like she mattered in the family, in my opinion. It would have been a small gesture that would have meant the world to Christine. Cody knows he could do things to make Christine happier. He chooses to make the decision that nothing will make her happy. He puts that in his mind and he does nothing to try since he has come to the conclusion that there is nothing he could do that would ever make Christine happier. Then he complains that Christine is unhappy and nothing will please her. Now Cody is starting to wonder what's going on. Cody asks Christine what they should do and Christine doesn't know. Cody says if they start building homes here, if Christine would start building her home. And Christine says she isn't ready to build her home yet. In confessional, Christine asks, why would I want to live on the same property with a dysfunctional marriage where right over there, Cody has got a fully functioning marriage. She asks, who in their right mind would ever want to live like that? Cody says, maybe Christine just doesn't want to be near the other sister wives. He doesn't know. In confessional, Cody says, Christine wasn't happy in Lehigh and she wasn't happy in Vegas. He says if she isn't going to be happy, if she doesn't move to Utah, what can I do, he asks. Cody says that's not fair to the rest of the family. Really? Was it fair to move the whole family to Flagstaff? Most likely because Robin wanted to live with Dayton as he attended college in Flagstaff where he got accepted. Was that fair for the family? Now I want to point out that's just my speculation and it's also a commonly held theory that the reason for the move to Flagstaff is it coincided with Dayton, Robin's special needs son, getting accepted in college there. Christine says she thought her relationship with Cody would get better in Vegas once they got to the cul-de-sac and it didn't. Christine says if her relationship with Cody was better and they both wanted the same type of relationship that's a full marriage, she could handle staying in Flagstaff a lot easier. Cody prompts Christine to tell him more about this feeling she has about moving to Utah. Cody tells Christine, 
Right now, she couldn't even have access to her dad. Why not? Why wouldn't Christine's dad speak to her? That comment makes me wonder if Cody did something to piss off the church and if maybe they aren't welcome as members in the church. Why would a daughter not be able to have access to her father? Her grandpa led the church and her dad is also high up in the church. So unless the Browns or Cody basically fucked up spiritually somehow and the church got on his back for it, I don't see why Christine wouldn't have access to her own father. I wonder, was Cody excommunicated from his own church? I don't know. I'm just speculating. I'm just wondering why Cody would say that. Christine puts her head down. She has her hand on her face and she tells Cody this is not a safe conversation. She's sorry, but it's not a safe conversation. And clueless Cody asks, why not? In my opinion, if Christine wants to discuss something privately and it's a family matter outside of her immediate Brown family or a church issue, whatever it is, something she wants to keep private, whatever it is, why didn't Cody tell the camera guy, hey, we need a minute to talk to his wife? When Cody asks why Christine doesn't want to talk about it, Christine says it's not a safe conversation because Cody isn't safe. Christine is in tears. She walks away and she tells Cody she isn't going to talk to him. In confessional, Cody asks, what did I say that was unsafe? He's such a dingbat. He didn't say anything unsafe right then. When Christine said Cody was unsafe, in my opinion, it meant that she doesn't trust him anymore. She knows he flip-flops with the blowing of the wind. She knows his tactics. She knows he tries to leverage intimacy, even before it was specifically brought up on the show. Because she says in this episode, Cody doesn't want a full marriage, and a full marriage basically is code for sex. She knows Cody betrayed her by acting enthused about Utah and then flipping when it was inconvenient to deal with the wrath of his other wives. So Christine is saying Cody isn't safe. She doesn't trust him. She doesn't feel safe. She wasn't literally saying Cody said something specific to make her feel unsafe right then. Although I'm sure she didn't appreciate Cody mentioning whatever about her dad. Cody is an idiot. He is very flat. He doesn't understand things deeply. He doesn't think of the big picture. And the access to her dad comment, maybe that's not something Christine feels like discussing on camera for the world to see. The Browns sign up to be on display, but the extended family may not want to be seen or talked about, and that's understandable. Not everything is for everyone's eyes. Christine says Cody isn't even her friend right now, and she asks, why would I talk to him about things that are close to my heart if he's not even my friend? Cody says Christine walked off 
when he felt the conversation was just starting. Christine says it feels like she is at a crossroads and she doesn't know what to do. And she puts her head down in her hands and she starts sobbing during confessional. I don't even know Christine. And when I saw her break down like that, feeling so broken and defeated, I cried myself. And I also cried a little later in this episode when we get to Isabel. I don't cry a lot at movies. I don't cry watching TV. But watching this show, seeing this bright, vibrant, nurturing human being, sad and so deeply hurt, I cried too. Christine gave all of herself to Cody and the family. And I know the kids appreciate Christine so deeply. She is the heart of the family. And to me, it feels like everyone took Christine for granted. And they couldn't even give back to Christine and sacrifice for her. Christine deserved more. She deserved more from her husband. And she deserved more from the women who claimed to be like her sisters, her sister wives. I think to give all of yourself and feel you don't matter after you give so much and you dedicated so much and to feel you aren't seen, I can't imagine how lonely and hard and crushing that is on a person. And I think Christine is the heart of the family. And what she gave in raising the kids is more than any one of the other brown adults gave, in my opinion. Anyone can work a job and bring home a paycheck. Not everyone can nurture and care give. The family was so lucky to have Christine because I don't believe a single one of them could replace or emulate what Christine brought to the family, in my opinion. Cody explains he and Christine were visiting yesterday and nothing was discussed with her and Christine just walked off. That's Cody's interpretation of what transpired. Cody says he doesn't know what the problem was. He doesn't know why Christine left or what's going on. He says he's sitting here with a lot of questions for Christine But he isn't going to confront Christine with it right now because tomorrow Isabel is leaving for New Jersey. They are leaving. So Cody isn't going to get confrontational right now. Christine is having all the adults in the family over to talk about Isabel's surgery. Christine says what happened between herself and Cody is separate. He will just compartmentalize to deal with the surgery at hand. They found out that Isabel had scoliosis when she was 14 and they've seen lots of doctors, they've tried chiropractors, they've tried exercises, they've done everything possible to avoid this surgery. But nine months ago, they found out Isabel's curve from scoliosis has progressed to the point where she has to get this major surgery. Christine will be mapping out what the experience with Isabel will be like for the next six weeks. Cody says as a family altogether, they have fallen off the wagon.
He's, of course, referring to the family dynamics and the family culture everyone incessantly refers to that no longer exists. Cody says they have been social distancing from each other, but there has been some traveling within family. And Christine and Isabel have been traveling a lot this summer, so they are currently staying socially distanced. Janelle has observed the differences in opinion about COVID. Janelle says they put a lot of pressure on the relationships when they aren't getting together as a family. She says there's a lot of time to be busy in her head, imagining things her sister wives are doing or imagining things that Cody is doing or saying. Or Janelle says she will make up stories in her head, narratives. And Janelle thinks that's really dangerous for plural relationships. And Janelle suspects that the same thing is probably happening in all of the relationships. Christine explains to the adults that she looked up the surgery. They will attach screws and fibers to Isabel's spine. And then they will tighten the screws. Isabel will be taller by at least two inches, and Cody doesn't believe it. Cody thinks it will be interesting if Isabel gets taller, then she's going to be taller than her dad. Cody can't believe that Isabel would gain more than an inch of height from the surgery. Isabel says the doctor says it's going to be two to three inches she will gain once her spine straightens. Christine laughs in confessional and the director asks why. And Christine says Isabel wants to have no pain after the surgery from the scoliosis, but really she wants in her hidden agenda to be six feet tall. And right now she's 5'10 and Cody thinks no way will Isabel get two to three inches like the doctor said. But Cody thinks it would be fun and cool. And Isabel thinks Cody is just embarrassed that his daughter is going to be taller than him. I hope Isabel is six foot one. I want her to tower over Cody just for the hell of it. Isabel says now she isn't taller than her dad, but after the surgery, when her spine is straight, if she gets two to three inches, she definitely is going to be taller than Cody. Robin asks Isabel after she gets the surgery what she is looking forward to doing the most once her spine is straight. And Isabel says being pain-free, like driving without pain and waking up without pain and going to bed, being able to breathe without pain. Christine explains that Isabel is in pain every day now. Isabel explains it's not just a dull ache. It's a sharp pain every time she moves. She gets sharp pains down her back. Janelle says Savannah told her how much Isabel hurts being in school all day. Mary says just because she isn't Isabel's biological mother, it doesn't mean that makes her any less sad that Isabel is in pain. Janelle feels as empathetic to Isabel's pain as she would her own kid's pain. 
Robin says when she sees Isabel in pain, she just wants to go mommy her. Really? Is that why when Isabel was recovering from surgery and she wanted to spend some time over at Robin's house with her dad and her siblings, the nanny was allowed over, but Isabel wasn't allowed. Christine says Isabel is the strongest, most amazing kid she knows, and she has been in constant pain for so long. Isabel says she thinks it will be easier on her mom after the surgery because she thinks it's really hurting her mom to see her go through so much pain. Christine says late at night when she is checking in with herself, asking herself, am I a good mom? She says on that part, she feels she fails a little bit sometimes. Christine feels partially responsible for Isabel's pain. And she says there's nothing she can do to help Isabel except to get her this surgery. Christine explains to the adults that they will be in the ICU the entire time. And as soon as she can, they will release Isabel from the hospital. And then they will stay in New Jersey till the 11th because they have to stay a minimum of five days after the hospital releases her. Christine says there are several different places that do this surgery that Isabel is getting. But the team of doctors Christine loves the most is in New Jersey. Wow, look how dedicated Christine is and what a wonderful mom she is. She didn't just check the doctors closest to her that do this procedure. She checked every team of doctors there was to pick the team of doctors she loves the most. That's dedication. That's a wonderful mom. They're leaving in a couple of days and they will be gone for a month. And then there is a two-week quarantine, of course, when they get back to Flagstaff. So Cody won't see the kids for eight weeks or so. Isabel is excited to get the surgery and Christine is going to be taking all of her girls with her. Christine wants to look at this as positively as possible. So the first two weeks in New Jersey will be a vacation. Cody says when the pandemic started, they agreed as a family that no one would travel and that everyone would sequester in their homes. But after a while, Christine decided she wasn't going to do it anymore. And she started traveling extensively. And it made it so that Cody was only able to see the kids part of the time. So when Christine presented the idea of doing the surgery this year during the pandemic in the summer, Cody became antagonistic. Cody says his belief was this was no longer about Isabel and her needs and what was best for her, but rather this was about Christine wanting to take advantage of the time and really get a vacation out of it. What the fuck is Cody even talking about? I lived in New Jersey for four years growing up and it's nice, it's okay, but it's not a place to go vacation. If Christine wants to make this positive and fun for her kids during their summer break in the process of getting this very difficult surgery, why not? 
Cody is an idiot to refer to this as a vacation. This isn't about Christine getting a vacation with her kids at all. A vacation to New Jersey is ludicrous, and Cody's perception of this and opinion of this is ludicrous. This is about doing a mandatory, needed, required surgery because Christine sees her daughter in severe pain every day of her life, and Christine loves her daughter, and she wants the pain to stop. She wants her daughter to be pain-free. She wants her daughter to have less pain. She wants her daughter to have a good quality of life. Cody isn't around, so Cody doesn't see the pain that Isabel is in. And because Cody views his wives as his enemies or as his opponents, as if they are intentionally against him, he is perceiving that because Christine wants her kids to enjoy those first two weeks in New Jersey, oh, look, it's an excuse for a vacation because Cody is an absolute certifiable idiot, 100%. And Cody, in my opinion, is his own worst enemy. Cody admits he wasn't aware enough of the daily grind Isabel was going through with her pain. Cody says if it wasn't for the amount of pain Isabel was in, he would have kept pushing her to wait to have the surgery. But it is what it is, and Cody has accepted it. He's okay with it, and he's actually happy Isabel is doing the surgery now. Cody says it's a challenge, and it's a long time for everyone to be away especially with Isabel being away from him during the recovery that could be very painful for her. A couple of months ago, when Christine and Isabel presented the idea of the surgery and going to do it during the pandemic, Cody says he became extremely frustrated. And they flashed back to two months earlier when Asshat Cody suggested his daughter could possibly fly alone to New Jersey to get the major surgery alone by herself during a pandemic. Now, mind you, this is major required life-threatening surgery, and he suggested initially his daughter go by herself. Cody tells Christine in this flashback scene, they can pretend there is no pandemic. And Christine says she isn't pretending. And Isabel tells her dad the doctors wouldn't do the surgery if they thought it was unsafe to do at this time. Cody asks, what do we do? If you're going to do the surgery, then what do we do? Cody says the problem for him with some of his children is that he has a relationship through his wife with the children and his big regret is not having that conversation privately in a safe place with Isabel to figure out what she needed rather than judging the entire situation with what Christine needed. So here Cody admits he treats his kids differently based on how his relationship is with their mom on how the relationship is with his wife, and he allows that to affect the children. So Cody handled the situation based on his emotions 
with Christine and the state of their marriage versus handling it father to daughter with Isabel and supporting her regardless of what his relationship is like with Christine. Cody doesn't regret the conversation because he let Isabel down, in my opinion. Cody regrets the conversation that it wasn't in private because he knows he was an insensitive, cruel dick who suggested on camera that Isabel go alone while in severe pain during a pandemic to fly across the country to get major life-threatening required painful surgery by herself. That's the type of man Cody is. If he is not happy with a wife, he feels free to extend that emotional state to the kids. And he treats the kids differently. And how much emotions or presence or investment or affection or communication he gives the kids, all of that is based on the state of the relationship with his wife. And that's toxic and that's abusive. And that's very cruel and unfair to the children. It's incredibly unfair for them. And Cody does it all the time, even in small ways. Like not taking ownership of his kids as if his kids are just biologically the moms and not his. He refers to the kids, his own kids, as just Christine's kids or Janelle's kids. He never refers to his kids as his kids or our kids. And the kids notice it, they feel it, and it isn't acceptable. Adults can decide what they will accept or what they won't accept or what they deserve and what they don't deserve. Children don't get to decide. They don't have a choice in who their parents are or how they are treated or what they are born into. So it's never acceptable to treat your children like this at any age. It's emotionally abusive. It's toxic in my opinion. Cody didn't just do this with Isabel. He even stopped calling his kids during the pandemic like he used to, even though you can't catch COVID through communicating by phone. Cody alienated his kids and he distanced from his kids because his ego got bruised that they don't choose to follow his extra COVID rules. That would basically mean sequestering in your house like the world has ended on a permanent basis. It wasn't even a respect thing, although Cody might perceive it that way. The adult kids had college and work and responsibilities to uphold, and they did as they should have. They continued on with their lives. They were careful enough, but I mean, they had friends, they had girlfriends, and they should go out and live their life they're, as long as they're wearing masks or being careful to some degree with people in public. But they're young adults. They're kids that are like 18, 19, 20. They're going to have their friends that they usually hang out with, their homies that they chill with, their girlfriends, their boyfriends, whatever. And that's normal. They have to have a life. They can't just put their whole life on hold because of this 
or they won't survive in a healthy mental state. They can't be expected to give up their jobs or stop attending school and give up their education and put everything in their life completely on hold for Cody's rules. It's not logical. It doesn't make sense. Cody can treat his wives however he likes. And as adults, it's their choice to accept it or not. The kids don't get a choice. And how Cody treats them, in my opinion, isn't appropriate or healthy. Cody asks Isabel if she's excited. He apologizes for not being able to come to the surgery. Isabel is very gracious about this. I admire her poise. She graciously tells Cody it's okay. Cody asks Isabel, you understand, right? Isabel smiles. She says she gets it. It's okay. Cody asks if she's sure and Isabel says, "Uh uh-huh. Cody asks, you aren't going to become a bitter old housewife because your daddy didn't do this for you? Isabel smiles. She says no. Isabel tells her dad she will miss him. Cody says he wants to be there for Isabel to be her strength for her. He says there's a healing element from a parent's love. He knows this and he wants Isabel to get that from him. I wonder how Cody felt seeing Isabel ask first thing when she woke up from surgery for her dad, knowing he wasn't there. I also think it's interesting that Cody words it, I want her to get this from me. It's about what he wants, how it affects him not being able to be present, how he wants to give her that, how now he can't give her that. But he never talks about how Isabel might feel with him not being there or from her perspective, or what her emotions might be. It's all about how he feels about not being able to give Isabel the healing love. It's not about how Isabel felt without him being there. Cody doesn't even mention that. Other than saying, you're not going to be a bitter old housewife. In confessional, Isabel is in tears. And this part made me cry. She says she needs her dad to be there, but why isn't he coming? She's crying. She's devastated. She says, I don't know. Then again, she asks, why wouldn't he be there? Why wouldn't he just drop everything for me? And she's in tears. She says she thinks his priorities are a little screwed up. And she, again, she is sobbing. Isabel is right to say, Cody's priorities are screwed up. That's exactly the truth. In my opinion, Cody isn't going and it's not because of the pandemic or fear or paranoia or anxiety surrounding COVID or exposure. This is about convenience. It would be inconvenient for Cody to go. And I think in some way, Cody feels he's punishing Christine by not going to. I also think Cody is incredibly selfish. He doesn't want the hassle. Convenience matters more to Cody 
than his daughter. I also think Cody wanted to stay with Robin. He didn't want to leave Robin and her kids. And Robin has made it clear her kids can't be without Cody for more than a few days or they get upset. If Robin's kids, God forbid, got upset, they'd forget about that in a day or two. It won't traumatize them. They won't remember in a month. They won't remember in a week. But Isabel will remember this for the rest of her life. She will feel her dad did not love her enough or she didn't matter enough for her dad to make her a priority. Other stuff mattered more to her dad. And that other stuff, in my opinion, is Robin and her kids. And Cody knowing Robin's rule of what she prefers for her kids, which is for them not to be away from Cody more than a few days. It's all very selfish. And this has nothing to do with COVID for Cody, just in my opinion. I also think there's a huge double standard. Cody had no problem attending Dayton's eye surgery, and that was nowhere near as serious or scary or life-threatening as this surgery. Does Cody even understand what the risks mean if this surgery went wrong, that Isabel could have been paralyzed or worse? Why could Cody attend Dayton's eye procedure that was pretty simple, but not this? There is no rational excuse for why different kids in the family get different treatment. And there is no rational excuse for Cody not attending Isabel's surgery. No decent man, no decent father, no decent husband, regardless of the state of their relationship with their wife, would ever not attend something like this, a major surgery. There is no excuse. You want to see the real Cody Brown? Here he is in all of his glory. This is heartbreaking to watch and it's emotional. You can see and feel Isabel's hurt and suffering because her father could not be there for her. I went through something similar as a young child having to have lots of painful surgeries. And I can understand what Isabel feels like. And I always knew Cody was gross before this situation with Isabel's scoliosis, but this situation with Isabel really showed the extent of how disgusting Cody is. Cody and Robin go on about the high morals and ethics of the faith. This, in my opinion, is the behavior of someone with very low morals and ethics. Cody explains the reasons he isn't going to the major surgery. There are two reasons. Cody says reason one is the amount of time he would be away because of COVID and quarantining. So he would have to be away from the rest of the family for far too long. Well, 
Cody wasn't going to Janelle's house for at least a nine or 10 month period per Gabe. We also know Cody didn't go to Mary's house. So the only family he would be away from was Robin's family. And I wonder if maybe Robin forbid Cody attending Isabel's surgery, or maybe she didn't want him to go because it disturbs Saul and Ari to be away from Cody for too long. But this is a major surgery where his daughter could have died. She could have become paralyzed. She could have had a major complication. It's not cut and dry. It's not just simple or routine. This surgery is so major that after surgery, Isabel was put in ICU, which is the standard for big surgeries like this. You need a lot of care. There's a lot of pain. It's very difficult and a lot of things could go wrong. I actually know someone who had this surgery. She had the surgery with the rods, which is even more invasive, but something went wrong and that person was in ICU for a very extended period of time and it was a very scary situation. There is no excuse why Cody wasn't there other than Robin and her kids. We know for a fact he doesn't chill at Mary's house. He doesn't go to Janelle's at this point. So basically Robin doesn't want him going or Cody doesn't want to be inconvenienced or leave Robin. That's a bitch move and what a coward with no spine does. That's not how a decent man acts or a man who claims he's qualified to be the head of the household. That's not the way a good man acts, a good father acts, a good husband acts. So the next time this man complains that why isn't he the head of the household, why isn't he the leader, Look at the decisions he makes and then ask yourself why he's not the leader. Cody also gives the second reason, and it's the risk of exposure. Guess what, Kotex? The first point of exposure to the family was Robin and Cody and her house through her precious nanny. Robin and Cody knew the nanny was ill, and they had a big party for Ariel planned. They didn't do rapid tests or postpone. They still held the party for Ariel. And that's how and when people started getting COVID in the family. So all this bullshit about COVID and the pandemic and fear and Cody's mandates and blah, blah, blah. It's all garbage. Cody just didn't want to leave Robin and the kids. And Robin probably forbid Cody from going. Cody preferred he not go. I believe if Cody wanted to be there, if Isabel mattered enough to him, he would be there. Cody also probably thought in his twisted mind he was giving a big FU to Christine by not attending. But in the end, who got hurt by him not showing up to this surgery? His daughter Isabel, and she didn't deserve that. That was very cruel and fucked up of Cody as a father and as a human being and as a husband. Cody's a total idiot. In my opinion, he's toxic like chemo or radiation. 
by the end of this, Cody won't even need his mandates or social distancing because no one will want to be near him. But Sabin, at this rate, there is no excuse in the world that could ever justify this behavior from a father to his daughter. And Isabel is right. Her dad has his priorities screwed up. And Isabel deserved better from her dad. But Cody can't give all his kids what they deserve because in my opinion, Cody just isn't capable. Isabel tells her dad she won't be bitter or hold this against him. Cody tells Isabel he didn't want her to do the surgery yet, but he had no idea how much pain she was in. But he's glad she is doing the surgery now. Great, we all care what Cody's opinion is, right? Do we care that Cody is happy that she did the surgery now? If Cody wasn't a tuned dad and he was present and invested and doing the right thing by all his kids, he would have understood the amount of pain his daughter was in because he would be checking up with her at least once a day. Oh, if Cody is a good dad, if Cody is involved with his kids, if Cody is invested and engaged and he's calling them, he's in touch and attuned with them, how in the fuck did Cody not realize the pain Isabel was in? Why does Cody seem surprised by it or dismissive of it? Maybe because he's been at Robin's house for nine months and he hasn't even bothered to call much. Isabel is in tears in confessional and she says Cody has a lot of kids to think about. She isn't the only kid. Her dad has to make sure is safe in the family during the pandemic. And it sucks that her dad can't be there. And she is in tears. Cody explains he doesn't want Isabel to be bitter in the future or through this experience because he wasn't there. Cody says they're going to do something fun when Isabel gets back as a consolation prize. Cody says it's hard that Christine and Isabel are doing this without him. Listen. In my opinion, if Cody thought this was important enough, no matter what, even if the sky fell, he would find a way to be there for his daughter. And there is no excuse for this as a father. None. Isabel, still in tears, says her dad is such a brave man. He's so brave and he's so strong. And he's letting fear control him, she says. In my opinion, Cody isn't really afraid of COVID. This is just about Cody not wanting to go or not wanting to be inconvenienced or not wanting to be away from Robin. And Cody is using fear and the pandemic as an excuse to justify staying with Robin, in my opinion. Robin doesn't like Cody to be away from Solinari for too long. And in my opinion, Cody is letting Robin control him. This has nothing to do with COVID at all or the fear of exposure or fear of COVID at all. This is about Robin and this is about Cody. In my opinion, Cody doesn't go to Janelle's regularly. We know he doesn't go to Mary's. So 
He said this is about not leaving his family for too long. But Robin's branch is the only family Cody is even seeing at this point. So this is about Robin. Isabel asks, how long are you going to stop your life? For how long are you just going to put everything on hold? In confessional, uh, wondering about her dad. Cody says it's a really emotional conundrum that they are dealing with. With the whole COVID thing and social distancing and stuff. And he says Isabel is going off to have a major surgery done and he can't even hug her. He can if he wants to and he knows it. Cody says it's really hard. He can't even hug her. But he can hug her if he wants to. He really can. It's kind of heartless not to hug her at all. Put a mask on and hug her. Make her put a mask on. But give the girl a hug. By the way, let's remember, Cody is an alpha male. And now he's so afraid that he refuses to even hug his daughter before her major surgery. Would an alpha male be too afraid of germs to hug their daughter before a surgery? Christine brings out papers for Cody to sign for the surgery. And Cody asks what it says. Christine explains that it's saying that they're going to pay for the surgery for whatever the insurance doesn't cover. And she steps closer to see which paper Cody is asking about. And Cody shames her, saying she isn't socially distancing in an abrupt way. Cody says he told Christine to maintain her social distance because she has been traveling. Robin says since the pandemic has hit, Cody is in a really bad place mentally and emotionally because he is having trouble getting wives to agree with him on what to do as far as COVID and on how to handle it. She says he's having one issue after another with his wives. And then also she says Cody's other wives aren't working with him on things. So Cody just can't go see them as much. So here Robin is justifying why everyone isn't getting equal time from Cody and why Cody lives monogamy with her during the pandemic. And she, like Cody, is blaming his wives for not doing things his way. See, Robin will spin Cody's narrative alongside him. And then she wonders why Janelle has to think about getting closer with her or why the rest of the family doesn't accept and include her. Robin says because she is sticking to what Cody wants to do as far as COVID, she is seeing him the most. He's not just seeing Robin the most. He is living monogamously with her for at least 9 to 10 months during this period of the pandemic. And we know he doesn't even call his kids anymore during this time on a regular basis. Robin says, Cody is worried about the unity of the family. If Cody is so worried about the unity of the family, why did he stop calling his kids on a regular basis while he lived monogamously with Robin? Last I checked, you can't catch COVID through the phone. Christine says she and Cody have been struggling for a while. 
They aren't close. It's painful emotionally to be there. It's hard to see Cody with everybody. It's hard to see Cody in functional marriages when she and Cody don't have a functioning marriage. It sucks, she says. Cody says it's terribly awkward the place he and Christine are in. It's not the experience of people who are soulmates. It's not the experience of people who even love and respect each other in a deep way. Cody says this is an experience of distance. Christine says she and Cody are not getting better. It's been bad for a long time. She says she would love it if Cody could come to the surgery for Isabel's sake. But for her, she doesn't care that he won't be there. For her sake, as her husband, she couldn't care less. She thinks she and Cody being apart for a while, for the month, might be good. Christine tells Cody, Isabel was saying the other day she wished he could come to the surgery. But Christine tells Cody she told her he would come if it wasn't for COVID. Cody says the surgery is happening now. The time is right. Christine tells Cody, Isabel is fine with it now and she understands. At this point, Cody leaves. He tells Christine to have a good trip with zero emotions at all. And he just walks away as if he's dealing with a business associate or an acquaintance. Cody says in confessional, he is just having a regret because the whole damn situation is breaking his heart. The whole thing with Isabel going and doing the surgery and the whole thing with his family and this disparity in behavior during COVID, it's really, 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 really hard on the family. Cody says it's heartbreaking. It's breaking his heart. He says it's an indicator that they are screwing this up so badly. And Cody is sad about it. I wonder when Cody will realize it's not his whole family screwing this up. It's him. When Cody made his priority Robin and Robin made Cody her priority and the rest of the wives still prioritize the family first, that's how all of this dysfunction began. And it wasn't perfect before Robin, but... Cody tried harder with the wives to do things more fairly. In my opinion, if Cody kept prioritizing the family and the group, even when Robin entered the picture, it could have continued on in a more functional way. I'm not saying it would be the healthiest thing in the world, but it would have been more functional. Had Cody continued to share the priority with his wives of putting the family first, things would have functioned just so much better. Cody stopped doing things equally. He stopped trying to be fair. He grew resentful of his wives and kids, even calling his family an obstacle to his goals in life. Cody now perceives everyone as against him if they don't blindly obey and comply with whatever he wants. And when Cody stopped treating his wives as equals and he started showing blatant favoritism, this whole dynamic and situation that's in the family now is the culmination of all of that. 
What did the professor say, Professor Yankowiak, during the panel episode? That the success of a polygamous family depends mainly on the type of man the husband is, his character and personality type. He also said all the sister wives had to sacrifice for each other. They had to prioritize the team and the needs of the others ahead of themselves. He said the family needed enough financial means. And also the husband should never have an obvious favorite or show favoritism. The husband needed to be as fair as possible and give equally to each wife across the board. Everything the professor noted that would be conducive to the success of a polygamous family is the opposite of the way Cody functions and the way the family functions. I know Cody feels sorry for himself, like he's the victim here, but Cody has dropped the ball as a husband and as a father, in my opinion. And a lot of what got the family to this dysfunctional place is Cody and his behavior and his perception that his wives are almost like his enemies, and he treats them that way. You can feel his resentment towards this obligation he signed up for. And rather than self-evaluate and get help, Cody wants to deflect and blame and project and play victim and spin the narrative. Cody tells his kids to own their choices and to take accountability. But when will Cody stop playing the victim and take accountability for his actions and for his behavior and for his choices? Remember, Cody signed up for this. When will Cody hold himself accountable as a father and a husband? Cody says he wants to lead the family. He wants to be the head. But is wallowing in self-pity conducive to leadership? What kind of dad can make the choice to not go be with their daughter who is having life-threatening major surgery? Because of their paralyzing fear of an illness, they could easily survive. Isabel woke up from surgery and the first thing she asked for was her dad. Dad was nowhere to be found because dad was scared of a what if. In my opinion, getting COVID is much less dangerous and much less damaging than the way Cody's behavior and handling of COVID is damaging the family and all of the relationships within the family. Getting COVID would seriously do much less damage than all of this. He wants to be the head of the family but he can't even make it to his daughter's major surgery because he is too scared he could get COVID. Let's say Cody went to the surgery, hypothetically. Let's even say, God forbid, he got the Rona. He just needs to quarantine for two weeks and heal and take a rapid test and he will be fine. A real man wouldn't fear that over loving his daughter and being there with her, supporting her. Nothing in the world will stop a real man from being there for his child. That's not an excuse 
The Rona isn't an excuse. That does it for this episode of Sister Wives. To my YouTube viewers, please like and subscribe and let me know your thoughts on this episode in the comments section if you like. Next week, I'll be back with the next episode of Seeking Sister Wife, the next episode of Book Club on Chapter 9 on Mary, and the next episode of My Sister Wives Rewatch, Season 16, Episode 4, Sister and Wives. Thanks for tuning in. See you soon. Bye.